0: Welcome and thank you for joining us here for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. Bread and water is what we need and what we have in Jesus Christ. He said, come to me and drink. He said, I am the Bread of Life. However we adorn our Christian faith, it rests in this most basic thing, Christ is all. Let's learn from Him. Let's learn about Him. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. If you're a born-again follower of Jesus Christ, you have a claim that you make and probably have. It is the historic claim of those with an evangelical faith. You claim to have a personal relationship with God. Did you know that that claim causes some people to dismiss you? It even irritates some? It does, and we'll explain why, and explain that these irritated and dismissive people are not being unreasonable. They're just wrong. I noticed something in one of the songs we sang and I just want to correct it. I don't know if we'll be able to change the words in it because it's such a wonderful song. It's uh, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah. And it says in it, speaking of the Lord Jesus, Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Feed me till I want no more. And as we talked about this last week, The fact is, as the bread of heaven feeds you, what happens is if you're enjoying him, he'll feed you till you want more and more, and he'll feed you till you want more and more. That's just the way he works in our life. The only satisfying life with God that God gives the Christian is a life that's satisfied to want more of God, to want more of the Lord Jesus, to want more of what he gives you. And in that way, he's opening us up for the eternal outflow of his life that can ultimately never be satisfied except in eternity. And then in eternity, we're not going to get there and we're going to enter into this monotone of static, unending satisfaction. In eternity, we're going to go from the glory to glory of unending revelations and experiences and discoveries and delights in God. I think we're going to want more in heaven as well. And that'll be the one thing that will satisfy us. Well, over the last few weeks, we've been discussing this aspect of the personal relationship with God. We've mentioned that this is a notion that is particularly emphasized within the evangelical community. It is a note that was sounded, whether predominantly starting in about the 1700s, this idea that the Christian Christian was an individual who was living in and exercising and growing in a personal relationship with god and this idea is actually met with a lot of criticism there are a lot of what we would say mainline christians and nowadays not christians whatsoever just observers along the sideline that look at this idea in this note that we think we have a personal relationship with god and when we say things like that and when we communicate ideas like that, they have a hard time not keeping from rolling their eyes. They're somewhat skeptical or cynical of this idea. It, to them, sounds like the ultimate form of name-dropping. You know? It's a bit unbelievable to them that we could come among them and say, you know, I have a personal relationship with the God of all the universe. Kind of reminds me, of a pastor I knew when I was beginning my ministry. And this pastor had the habit, he was an older man, he was a very dignified man, and he carried about himself in a real authorial manner. But he had a way of talking about key or famous persons in the Christian world and would refer to them as he spoke of them by their first names. So Billy Graham was never Billy Graham, Billy Graham was just Billy. A.W. Tozer wasn't A.W. Tozer, he was just A.W., Martin Lloyd-Jones was Martin, or even sometimes when he was really into it, Marty. I remember on one occasion I was asking if he had read this speech that was given by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the famous Russian thinker at Harvard. He immediately jumped into the conversation, and in the midst of the conversation, it became very clear to me that he hadn't read Speech at all, although he thought he had. So he was expounding on what it was Solzhenitsyn was talking about, and it wasn't anything like what Solzhenitsyn was talking about. But the thing that really grabbed me was throughout it, he kept referring to Solzhenitsyn as Alex. You know? <laughs> well, I think that's how we come off sometimes, you see, when we tell people that we have a personal relationship with God, with the creator of the universe, and so in a sense, their concern is a fair concern, but here's the problem. We do. We do. We have a personal relationship with the God of all creation. And the Lord Jesus has come along, and he's actually given to us the manner in which we are to converse with him. He's given us a name in which we are to refer to him as we engage him. Our Lord Jesus says when we come before him, we're to say to him, Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, an expression of this wonderful relationship. There's another point of criticism, and it also is to some extent fair, and that is that there are individuals who think when we say things like this that we're being too casual or flippant at the expense of God in our typifying and expressing this relationship that we have with Him. We speak, they think, sometimes too familiarly of God in a way that in a sense diminishes God and I think actually they have a point here. Jesus says in Mark chapter 6, 4, he speaks of the ill treatment that he received when he was in his hometown of Nazareth and he said there, a prophet surveying and kind of summing up his experience he said a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family i don't say this as any point of criticism the fact is is that our brothers and sisters usually have a reason to want to diminish us they want to make sure that we don't overshadow them in any way We read the story of Joseph, and we appreciate the story of Joseph and his brothers, and we really can't find anything in the story of Joseph that we can criticize. He really is. If you read through the various biographies, biblical biographies of great men, Joseph is the one guy that comes off pretty good. We can't really find anything that Joseph did wrong. One thing that Joseph did wrong. We can think of one thing he did wrong. He had a dream. And it's okay to have the dream. That was wrong. The problem was he shared the dream with his brothers and his father and his mother. The dream was that there was this sun and this moon and there were 11 other stars and there was his star. And then his star grew in greatness above the sun and the moon and the 11 other stars and they all bowed down to him. Now, that really irritated his brothers. It even irritated his mother and father. There is, to some extent, a vested interest in family members to make sure that you don't get your head up too high. It's all right. The motive behind it is a temptation that is understandable in family life to some extent, but at the same time, it is a motive behind the phrase familiarity breeds contempt. And Although it's understandable sometimes in the life of families, it can be a dangerous tactic, particularly if the person that you're trying to put down is a prophet of God. And it is particularly a dangerous tactic if you let this attitude creep into your relationship with God himself. You have a personal relationship with him, but there should be always in your life a care that this familiarity that He's brought you into doesn't bring you to a point where you try to keep God domesticated from encroaching upon your life. It's a wonderful thought to think that God comes into my domestic life and that He relates to me in a personal relationship. But because God does that, I should never assume in any way that God Himself can be domesticated. God is powerful and God is mighty And God is always one who's dangerous to toy with. You don't take Him lightly. You don't take Him for granted. You have in your houses right now power lines that run electricity in your homes, and you live your life flipping on and flipping off switches, and you've found a way to somehow take all of that power and just control it and use it to make your lives better in that home, but... You would never want to be so careless as to go on the roof of your house or climb up the pole outside your house and grab hold of that line. It would blow you apart. In the same way, you should never, in all the familiarity that God brings to us in being near us and close to us in personal relationship, you should never take for granted or be careless in your personal relationship with Him. And that is a legitimate grievance that individuals might have And they say, or they see, that we're taking lightly something that should be overwhelmingly amazing to us always. I have a personal relationship with the God of all creation. Having said all that, we can't deny the clear teaching of God's Word, that a personal relationship is available to God's people and that we who have come to God through faith in Jesus Christ have realized that relationship. By the way, this is another thing. It underscores something, that God is not just an electric power, that God is not just an energy to be tapped into, but that God himself is a person. This is key to us. And this is key to understanding this idea of interacting in a personal relationship with God. If God is a person, he can be encountered as any other person can be encountered. And God can be known personally in the same laws, you might say, under the same guidelines that you can know any other person. And so a couple of weeks ago we discussed this and we spoke about this, ways in which a personal relationship with God can be expressed, ways in which a healthy relationship with God should take shape and grow, and we understood that it takes place and it grows in the same way that it takes place and grows with two individuals. And we spoke about the fact that if you took a young man and a young woman who were exploring the relationship with one another and they found that they were being drawn to one another and their lives began to grow and grow closer to one another, the one thing that they'll do fairly early on in that relationship is they'll begin to share their stories with one another. And they'll tell one another about one another and they'll listen. It's in the exploration of those stories and telling it to one another that they grow and A deeper and deeper relationship with one another. That's why, by the way, this whole social media phenomenon is never going to replace genuine relationships. You can't twitter your way into a deep relationship with somebody through how many characters do you get to use? 70 or something like that? Something like that? 70 characters. No, you got a story to tell. Deep relationships require a story, an in-depth account of your life and your experiences and your feelings and your dreams and your desires. And it's all narrated back and forth to one another. And as you listen to one another, you grow in your relationship with one another. And that's how it works with God. And so God, in order to bring us into a relationship with Himself, He knows us perfectly, but He wants us to know Him. And so God has told us His story. That's what the Bible is. The Bible is God's story for us to read so we understand Him. And get to know what He's like. And get to know what He likes. And so basically, what we said was very simple application. You want to grow in your relationship with God, you got to learn to listen to Him. You got to listen to Him. You got to read His story and read it for the purpose of getting to know Him. You got to listen to Him by even listening to people that are made in His image to express His own likeness and listen to those that He loves in that deep, intensive way. So as you listen to them, you develop a pattern and a habit and a sensitivity to hear and know God. God is, and God is not silent. A key phrase in developing our relationship with God is to remember that the rules of relationship with a person apply to the person of God. And every good relationship involves times of listening to one another. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, may God bless you.